Welcome to episode three of Master the Mouse. I'm Aaron. With me, as always, is Griffin. Griffin, what's up? Not much, buddy. Good to be back. Yep, we're doing it again. Hey, Griffin and I were talking about how to liven up the podcast a little bit, make it a little bit more fun and interesting. And so Griffin actually uh, texted me and was like, hey, what do you think about having a question of the week or a question of the episode and, and just talking about that? And so I was very keen to the idea and decided, all right, let's go for it. So so the rules to the engagement here are that I don't know the question. Griffin's That's just right. going to ask me, and and I'll answer it, and then Griffin will answer his own question. So, Griff, what's the uh, question of the episode? All right, the question today, and I'm stealing this shamelessly from all of the many sports podcasts that I enjoy, but uh, I'm going to have you answer if the following either ride, resort, restaurant, it could be something different every week, but I want you to tell me overrated, underrated, properly rated. All right. All right. All right. So for today, a ride that is located in Animal Kingdom, I want you to tell me dinosaur. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Okay. So, you, <laughs> so I have to I've be touched a nerve here, here Hannah. You have touched a nerve here. Um, yeah. Easily my least favorite ride in all of Walt Disney World. That's in fact, amazing. I, have, I, have to, I have to tell you a funny story about this ride. I don't I don't get scared very easily about things. That is the one ride that I literally was scared to death on. And to the, it was to the point where it was to the amusement of the rest of my family. Yeah, and this is it, you as an adult, right? No, yeah, as an adult, not even as okay. a little kid. I wouldn't even ride it as as a as a teenager, like wouldn't do it. And oh, got wow. on the ride. This was I don't know, 2 years ago, 3 years ago. I was right. with my, my wife's entire family, so it was just 14 of us, and all the adults went on the ride together and had a blast, and I went on it and was petrified, and to this day, they make fun of me uh, because I don't like that ride. So That's if great. you're asking me the question, <laughs> overrated, underrated, or properly rated, it is way overrated in my opinion. I, you know, if the rumors are true, and, and there are rumors out there that have circulated on, on the different message boards and Disney forums, that there could potentially be a overlay on that ride to where something like Indiana Jones, right. similar to the ride out in California, would come in and replace that. I'd be all for that because that ride, in my opinion, is overrated. But that's my perspective. Griffin, what do you think? Yeah, that's good. My goal was to get a question that you would not say properly rated to because that's no fun. So mission accomplished. <laughs> um, so. so. At least for rides, and um, I'm, I don't know if you realize this or thought about it, there is actually an objective place to look for ratings. Let me ask you this first. One out of five, give Dinosaur a score. Five being the best, one being the worst. Based on my enjoyment just, or based just like on theming just, and just, uh, yes, for you, what's your, where would you rate it? Can they be negative? I mean, it's a one. <laughs> it's, I, it's a one. Okay. Look, the, the, there's times where I've gone to Animal Kingdom and like haven't even gone back the trail to get to that ride. Like and I just skip back, right it's over. It's back there. You got to kind of weave back there and, and yeah. to go to it. But so touring plans actually, and you, you've seen this like when you're doing your trip research, but they use their reader surveys to, and, and for people that don't know, I'm talking about touringplans.com, which I'm sure we'll talk about more in the future. They actually have uh, ride rankings or ratings based off of lots and lots of surveys. So they actually give Dinosaur a four out of five. Oh, wow. Um, so you were accurate to say it was uh, it was overrated in your book. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't give it a one. I'd probably go in the three-ish range. I think it, I, I'm fine with it, it's, but I'm not, if I'm going to have to wait an hour 
something like that, I'm, I'm going to be much less excited about it. So yeah, I would say, I would say slightly overrated as well. Okay. So good to know. I'll bring you something just as riveting next week. Yep. I'm looking forward to it already. All right. <laughs> That's great. Hey, so last week we talked about the question, the top questions that we get when we book a, or thinking about booking a Walt Disney World trip. And if you guys will remember, we, we kind of glazed over the whole, how do you book things? What should you budget? And what we're going to focus on is what are, what are the different ways to actually start to begin to book your trip? And we'll talk a little bit about the money savings opportunities that Griffin and I have stumbled across over the past few years as, we, as we've started to book our own trips and, and with the perspective of saving some money too. And so there's really, there's three different ways. Well, four, we'll call it four, four different ways to book a Disney trip. We'll get into each one of those, but just off the top, those, those four different ways are obviously through Disney visiting their website or or booking directly over the phone with them. So not going through any intermediary at all, just booking directly through Disney. Then you can also book with a travel agent. There are a plethora of, of different travel agents out yep. there that specialize particularly in Disney World vacations. Then there's also the ability to book a Disney trip via a third party. So something like Expedia, Priceline, things like that, platforms like that. And then the last way that, that we'll talk about booking a Disney vacation is through renting Disney Vacation Club points and booking a vacation that way. So we'll start up at the top of that list and we'll kind of work our way down and talk about each one and then talk about some of the advantages and some of the disadvantages of of booking those particular ways. So the first one on the top of the list is booking directly with Disney. Now, Griffin, have you ever booked directly through Disney? I have, I have, and it's, it's easy enough. I've, I've done the other ways being the travel agent and the third party, probably more at this point. Yeah. I think, you know, You'll you'll probably get into this, but if you're gonna go this way, you, you're you probably can do a lot of the same stuff with a travel agent if you're gonna book directly through Disney. But if you're going on a shorter trip and you're just looking for a night stay and you can find like a cheap all star resort, that tends to be the times where I'm most interested in just doing it myself, booking directly through Disney, just kind of perusing, looking for deals. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I think I think booking directly through Disney is built for the introvert. Especially the introvert who knows a little bit about Disney. Because, because let's be honest, the Disney website can be difficult to navigate sometimes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different options to click through. You kind of have to be hip to the Disney lingo and the expectations of knowing the differences between different resorts or different types of tickets or different types of parks and rides and ways to utilize FastPass. So you kind of have to have a, a knowledge base walking into using the Disney website. Right. If you do have that knowledge base and you're like me and you prefer not to like have to deal with anyone and be able to do it all by yourself, the Disney website is perfect for that. Right. Right. If you don't really need anybody's help. Right. And yeah. I think one of the advantages booking the Disney through the Disney portal and, and directly to Disney it, itself is taking advantages of some of the special offers that Disney will give to the people booking with them through their website. So for instance, during the fall and, and sometimes during the winter months, they'll offer free dining based on the room or resort that you're staying at. 
And so there's some added benefits there. They they yeah. also have some enchanted package specials where they'll do a reduced room rate or you'll have like a, a special added on feature to your package, whether it's like, hey, you can visit a water park or you can go to uh, Fantasia Golf and have a round of mini golf. And, and so they'll throw in little perks like that. Yeah. Do you feel, though, Griffin, that booking direct – are there any disadvantages or advantages that really stick out to you when it comes to booking through the Disney website? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, in, the biggest one would be potentially price. You know, if you're, if you're not perusing for those free dining or enchanted deals, then you, you potentially are going to be paying sticker price on all this stuff. You're able to cancel, which is important to me as you're kind of – building a trip you know you don't necessarily if you don't know for sure what you want or where you want to stay you can usually cancel as long as you're not booking part of some huge package including tickets so um, I don't have a problem with the cancellation policy on a room only deal so I I don't see a whole lot of disadvantages other than potentially price Um, because I I don't mind the website personally but like you said that some of that's just because you kind of get used to to looking at it yeah I agree with you I think so for me personally there's a couple of advantages and then uh, a, a big disadvantage. So the couple of advantages you alluded to it, I think, is the cancellation policy. If you are not sure what you want in the vacation, but you want to just get something on the books as a placeholder, booking through the Disney website, you have the ability to book something and cancel it relatively easy. Right. Very the easily. Other, yeah, very. you don't have to talk to anybody to cancel it for the most part. Right. The second advantage that I think of is for those of for those of us who like to um, make payments on our vacation, that's that's a great advantage, I think, of booking directly through Disney. And it's also an advantage of booking with a travel agent as well, but being able to make payments on your Disney vacation. So, for example, if, if you booked your, a vacation for your family and the total cost was $3,500, that $3,500 isn't due all on the night or day that you book it. It's right. due in increments, and you can make payments on that at your leisure. There is, right. you know, there's a final due date that you have to make sure that your entire trip is paid for. But you have the ability to kind of pay as you go, which yeah. which can be a, a huge benefit if you don't have that kind of money laying around, you know, six months in advance to book that trip. So so that's a a big advantage in in my opinion too. Yeah, yeah, and you're kind of jogging my memory talking about that from when I've done this. But I think what's due at the time that you pay is usually the price of what one night stay there would be so if you're going to animal kingdom lodge for seven nights you basically pay for one night up front is that does that hold true for you yes yep okay and so that's that's nice because like if you're kind of putting it in as a placeholder just to kind of get the ball rolling but you're not sure it's your final destination that's nice is you don't have to drop thousands of dollars on a credit card or something that you're going to get back later it's just you know going to be a couple hundred bucks at most yeah I agree. The last disadvantage that I think, and it's the biggest disadvantage, is just the price. Yeah. Booking directly through Disney is going to be the most expensive that you'll pay for a Disney trip. Even even alluding to some of the specials that they run, compared to the other options that, that we'll lay out in the rest of this podcast, this option of booking directly through Disney will be the most expensive. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's the major disadvantage there. Moving on to booking that travel or that trip potentially with the Disney authorized Disney, they have a special name. I don't, can't remember the name of it. You, Griffin, you've used a travel agent before, haven't you? I have, yes. 
do you recall like Disney has a certified name for people that have gone through their program to book yeah. Disney travel? It escapes me. Yeah, is it authorized Disney planner or something like that? Yeah, it's uh, something like that. Yeah, I could get but, it, of course, but but it it is essentially it's very similar to booking through the Disney website. All of the deals are the same for the most part. The prices will be the same. Right. The added benefit that you're getting there is you're getting a, a personalized guide or plan that someone will craft for you to help you book and navigate through that Disney website. At least that's my understanding. I've never personally booked with a Disney travel agent. So I'll, I'll let Griffin, I'll let you speak to some of the specifics around maybe the yeah. benefits and advantages and disadvantages of that. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, if I had to guess the major, a decent chunk of our listeners or people that go to Disney with on family trips are going to use planners. I mean, at this point, that's very um, common way to go. So I think it's important to know what you get. And I think the important thing that I've learned is how variable it can be. Um, the travel agent that we use was someone that we knew personally that knew how important all this stuff was to me and was like coming over to our house to talk to us about, you know, what we wanted. Um, and that, that can be very helpful. Um, but I think as far as what to expect, you know, they're going to, they can book your rooms for you. They can keep an eye out for the free dining if, if it comes up and go book it for you. Um, in general, they're supposed to do all that for you. They're going to book your ADRs for you. They're going to book your fast passes for you. So again, if you have someone that's very invested in and knows exactly what you want, then I think that's all great. I think where maybe things fall short is you got to remember a Disney planner, especially if this is one of their main jobs, they may have dozens of trips they're planning at one time. So the, uh, the amount of effort and time they're able to put into your particular trip may not be certainly what you could do for yourself. So I don't know if you've seen this. This is the thing that drives me crazy is I have people that will come to me to ask for help with a trip after they've had their fast passes made by someone. And then you get on to look at their fast passes and their ADRs and you're just unimpressed. Like not, you know, we've talked about this, not, not all fast passes are created equal. So yeah, your Disney planner got you three fast passes, but the times are it's in different parts of the park or the times are terrible. Or even if they got you the big ride you wanted, it's at 8 PM. So you can't get extra fast passes. So we'll get into more fast pass planning later, but all that to say, I think you just kind of have to know that the Disney planner may not have everything laid out in as much detail as you could do for yourself. But when it comes to booking resorts, that's probably what they're best at is just going through the website for you. Yeah. And so maybe we can, shed a little bit of light on this too is that there are a plethora of authorized disney travel agents correct right. yeah and I think so several several so how did you had talked about how maybe you knew yours personally but it, it, it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that someone could just google authorized disney agent and find a travel agency that could book their trip and never actually meet this person right oh yeah totally well i mean I think a giant chunk of the Disney podcast are ran by these the agencies and they I'm sure they filter people to their websites and their planners all the time via the internet. So yeah, I think so. And so then at that point the the touch is a little less personal. Yeah. And a, and a little bit more kind of business associated. Right, right. And it, it I guess it comes down to if you just don't want to do any of that, maybe the planner is for you. I'm sure there is a niche of our audience that is going to go that way. Uh, I think you and me personally want more control of the situation and can get more of what our families want, but I, I can see the appeal for people that just 
don't think about these things as much as we do. Yeah, sure. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe that booking through a Disney travel agent, there are some perks associated with doing that that you're not going to get booking directly through Disney, right? In what way? Well, I, I've i read on a couple of different websites and have heard and, and listened to other podcasts where they'll offer things like, you know, some sort of welcome basket or, you know, maybe a Disney gift card or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that that they'll give you as a kind of an added benefit of booking through their agency. Yes, did you did you get anything when you booked through an agency? It, it dawned on me as you were talking. I received a bag. It was a Mickey bag. It's, it's oh, still nice. in, it's still in my house. But yeah, that's the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah, high quali- could, is it a high quality bag? I, I would say it's of moderate quality. So <laughs> there, there were there were no anytime fast passes inside it. So did you use it when you were in the park? <laughs> I don't think so. No, oh, okay. no. I, we fanny packs all the way in the parks. Okay, fair so enough. My my wife claims those are coming back. And yeah, I don't when think, it comes I don't to think we own a fanny pack. Okay, well, you, you guys need to get with the times. Maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm just kidding. So there's okay. So there's a couple of benefits there. There's there's some advantages to booking with a travel agent. You're not going to have to worry about booking your reservations and your fast passes yourself. You're able to take advantage of some of those offers that Disney offers through its website, whether it's free dining, whether it's like a special room package you're still going to be able to take advantage of those. So there's some benefits there to booking through travel agent and you're going to get some added benefit through whatever promotion that particular travel agent is running. Now I know that there are some travel agents that negotiate exclusive rates with Disney. And so there may be an instance where if you're looking for a particular room, let's just say at the contemporary, because I know that's Griffin's favorite resort. And if if you see, you know, the price, I don't I'm going to make these numbers up, but if you see the price at 350 a night on the Disney website, there's a chance that you could find a Disney travel agent that may have it at 325 or yeah. something like that. And so there are exclusive rates with these travel agents. So there's another benefit to to booking through a travel agent as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when it all comes down to it at the end of kind of this summary, I think what I would if you're not going DVC, which we're going to talk about, then you probably need to you probably should look at all these. If you're, if you're truly trying to save as much money as possible, you just, you just need to kind of look under every rock and see what you can find as far as price. Yeah, absolutely. I, so the last thing that we'll say about these two options is there is one added benefit with both of these options that we'll hit in, in one idea, and that's the ability to use Disney gift cards. Mm-hmm. Now, which might not seem like a, a big deal on the surface, but – Paying with gift cards is an added benefit where you can save easily up to about 5% just right off the top. Yep. So if any of you that are listening are members of BJ's Wholesale Club or Sam's Club, those two retailers offer Disney gift cards at a reduced rate. And so right now, if you were to go to samsclub.com and log on to that website if you're a member and go look and search for Disney gift cards – you could find $150 worth of Disney gift cards for $142. Right. And so if you just start adding those gift cards and and purchasing them and paying your Disney trip off by using those gift cards, you can save 5%. And 5% over the course of a $5,000 vacation ends up being a nice chunk of change. In fact, Griffin, I think you just recently did something like that didn't you yes i did this for our cruise and uh, i took a picture of my stack of gift cards which is on our twitter page 
because it was quite impressive. But wait, give them that Twitter handle before you go. It's what? It's yes, it's at Master the Mouse Podcast. If you search Master the Mouse Podcast, you will find our Twitter page, which we're we're ramping up uh, daily at this point. But yeah, I did exactly that. Now, in the tip you just said, you you helped me with this. But when I first got on Sam's Club, I was thinking, oh, I'll just buy the five hundred dollar gift card because cruisers cruises are expensive. But um, the savings is actually better on the pack that's the one fifty. Like you said, it's actually a higher percentage. So you want to go for the pack that has three $50 gift cards in it. But, um, yeah, I just got on Sam's Club's bought a lot of those, paid off the cruise. I think when I calculated up, it was around 200 bucks of savings just on those Sam's Club gift cards, just on using those. And there's, as we'll talk about in the future, there's more exotic ways to get even more percent off on gift cards. Um, there's more ways to save on a cruise we can talk about at some point. But that was just if you're willing to take the time to, handle all those gift cards and get them plugged in to uh the disney gift card website you can you can save a couple hundred bucks i mean it was it wasn't hard to do at all yeah and you know that's that savings is substantial and i and i know like i I was telling somebody recently in fact this past week about about that very thing and their first question back to me was well if i'm paying i want to get the credit card points i don't want to i don't want to use a gift card i want to be able to accumulate those credit card points and the beauty of this whole thing is you can actually purchase the Disney gift card with your credit card on Sam's Club. Yeah. And so if you're worried about meeting, you know, a spend threshold or you need, you know, X amount of spend to get a certain bonus points or bonus flight or accumulate points to, to lessen the load, especially, especially when it comes to like flying, you know, a lot of people use a Southwest card or Delta Sky Miles or things like that. Yeah. You can still accumulate those points and buy these gift cards. And then just pay pay your vacation with the gift cards themselves. So it's yeah, almost like a double dibbing. Yeah, so it's really six percent. Uh, like assuming even if you only get one percent at Sam's Club, which is what I had. I didn't have any special card for Sam's Club, but yeah, that's still six percent. It's just coming from two different sources. Yeah, and so when it comes to booking those two those two ways exclusively through Disney on their website or with a travel agent, you have the ability to do this, which is some good savings that you can realize there, and makes that that pill a little easier to swallow. Yeah. That next way that we'll talk about booking the trip is through Priceline or some sort of third-party affiliate like that booking agency. Now, Griffin, you, you again just recently did this, correct? I did. Um, yeah. And just for the listeners that maybe had not thought about this, but Priceline, Hotels.com, Hotwire actually all have some Disney hotels and resorts on their websites. Um, so it's, the way I understand it is kind of a different, you know, set of rooms than maybe what Disney's offering. Like even today I looked at Disney may be sold out sold out. If there's a particular resort you want to go to, you should look at all those websites that I just mentioned. Um, and you may find them there. And the thing here is just go look. I, I can't tell you that they're definitely gonna be cheaper. It just kind of depends on the the dates and the situation, but you definitely want to check. Priceline specifically is one that I've kind of gotten excited about recently. And the reason for that is what's called express deals um, where the, where the hotel name is hidden from you until you purchase it. Have you seen those Aaron? Have you ever used that? Yeah, we've not Disney trips, but when we have gone to other places and visited, for instance, Chicago and New York city, we've used Hotwire. Yeah. Hotwire's whole platform is based on whether or not, you know, the, the hotel name or not. Right. Right. So, I've, so we kind of just click through and there's yeah. a surprise at the end. Yeah. And I've done that for non Disney and Disney at this point, but I've recently become obsessed with the whole idea of finding out what those hotels are. So you can get the cheaper rate that typically comes from those 
hidden hotels. Um, so I'll take 30 seconds to kind of tell the listeners quick and easy how to do that. So my recommendation for Priceline, I haven't done Hotwire as much, but go on the desktop website. I can't make this look easy whenever I try to do it on my phone. But when you pull up the dates you want to look at, like when I looked in December for a dates that I'm going, Swan and Dauphin are on there, Boardwalk's on there, Grand Floridian's on there, Animal Kingdom Lodge, all those variety of prices. Animal Kingdom Lodge, the times I was looking was like 340 a night, which is less than what Disney didn't even have availability. But then Boardwalk was like $695, which makes no, I would never want anybody to pay that. So it's variable. But when it goes to, when you click over to the express deals, you can actually discover usually the Swan and Dauphin are the two that are hidden there that you can find for cheaper. Um, and so the way you do that is you basically want to, one, make sure you're in the right location. So all the Disney hotels that you would consider on property plus Swan and Dauphin are all considered the Disney World Bonnet Creek area. So you basically want to make sure that that's matched up. And then from there, you basically just want to match up your hidden hotel um, with the hotel you're looking for. So I'll use the, 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 the uh, Dauphin as an example. You know the Dauphin's four stars. You look and you see a Bonnet Creek Hotel that has four stars. So you've kind of checked that mark. The next thing you want to do is you want to look at the rating. And the important thing here is that what Priceline does is on the, those hidden express deals, they, they basically round down. So Dauphin's rating is a 7.9. So when you go to that hidden Dauphin Resort, it will say seven plus. And then the last, so that's kind of three check marks. And then the last one that's helpful is you look at the reviews. So if Dauphin has, I forget what it is, but say Dauphin has 790 reviews. If you click over to the hidden hotels, it will say 700 plus reviews. Does that kind of make sense what I'm saying? They just they basically just round down the rating and they round down the reviews and that's kind of how they, if you look at that, you can figure out what it is pretty quick if you match those two up. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you've been successful doing that? Yeah, I did this for my, for my parents and I've done it for other, um, other locations, not Disney World, and it's worked like a charm. So basically, if you look in the right location, you make sure the stars match up, you make sure the rating and the reviews match up, and as long as you round down, then basically at that point, and you can check yourself, you can go make sure there's not two hotels that have the exact same amount of reviews and ratings. And if you see that, then you know, okay, it could be one of these two and you have to do some more research. But um, there used to be an app, EXP Deals, that was supposed to basically do everything I just described for you. But I haven't been able to make that work for, for months. I think they must have been found out or their software is not working. So you can do it on your own. So and this will work for anywhere besides Disney too. We just used it for a Boston trip and it works like a charm. So you go again, you just want to find the location, make sure the stars match, make sure the rating matches and make sure the reviews match. And then you can, and the reason, and maybe I'm not saying this explicitly, those hidden hotels are always going to be cheaper because the name's hidden. So you're getting a better price. And then the last thing to remember is floating out there on the internet all the time are 10% off express deals. So not, so if you go to the express deals, which are the hidden hotels, you can get another 10% off basically anywhere. So the way I understand it, when you sign up for a Priceline, you know, account, a lot of times they'll send you a personalized code and then they'll just randomly put them in my inbox. So you can use those. But what I found out is you say you just, I want to book today and I don't have a code. You can get on eBay and people post these codes, their personalized codes all day for like two or three bucks. We did this for Boston. You buy one for three bucks, you load it into your Priceline account and it takes off 10% of however much you're spending on the hotel, just like that. 
So that's my Priceline plug. Again, if you're not doing DVC, I would add that to your list of places you're going to go search to see what Disney Hotel you potentially could get. Yeah, do you think this is more affordable than the first two options? I think it. They're, from what I've noticed, their hotel inventory is just more random. So again, like the times I was looking at, you know, some of these big, you know, contemporary was on there, Grand Floridian, Boardwalk, places that I love were on there, Beach Club, but their prices were very, very high, you know, 600 plus for some of those. I think contemporary was like a thousand for a regular room, which is obviously more than even Disney. But then Animal Kingdom Lodge was in, was 300 as opposed to 400 or whatever Disney's rack rate was. So I think it, I think it depends. I think on the Swan and Dolphin to me, are probably the ones which technically are not Disney hotels that you're probably going to get the most bang for your buck on Priceline Express deals. So we can talk about that more, but I think if you're looking for a way to get really close to Epcot on a budget, that that's a good option to look at. Yeah. And would you recommend these for, I don't know, as you were talking about this, because I've never actually really done this on my own, but I, I would think that this this would fall in line, like if I was going down for a long weekend yeah. or if I was going on a short trip, this might even be, again, holding off on the DVC conversation. But if this is the way that I was traveling for a long weekend or a short trip, this would, this would almost be my go-to, can I get this first? And then if I can't, then I would move on to the other options. Yeah, I think so. I, I, would, this, I would just look everywhere, but that's exactly what we're doing is we're staying at Disney for a couple of days before the cruise. So it's just... It's a two-night stay. So, yeah, I think it's perfect to just kind of look. And the nice thing is, I mean, I'm, you're com- I'm coming up two months from my trip, and it's all these places that normally would not be available are still available. So you, you may get it. The, their availability may last closer to your trip time. So it probably lends itself to more like last-minute trip planning, mm-hmm. um, whereas, you know, normally people get on Disney's website and start buying their hotels earlier, or just like we talked about last week, because you want to start planning early. Yeah, absolutely. Any any disadvantages to doing this? Obviously, if you if you're booking like this way, using those discounted gift cards isn't an option. And also, you're running the risk potentially if if you don't do enough checking the check marks, uh, like you described earlier, that you could end up purchasing a hotel and it not be the one that you want. Correct. So that I mean that is going to always be a possibility. But I think if you're fairly computer savvy and you can get on there and just look, you should be able to hopefully narrow it down to one. And if you narrow it down to two, then you just have to live with some uncertainty. <clears throat> the biggest advantage, disadvantage, at least on the express deals, I would say is they're non-refundable. So mm. the last thing you'd want to do is get a hotel that is not the hotel you thought, and it's non-refundable. Um, and now you're kind of in a pickle. So that that's a disadvantage. Again, I, I do think that 10% would outweigh your 5% you may be getting on Disney gift cards. So I think that the savings there is still worth looking at. But, you know, you do have to be be careful. The other thing to, again, just look at all these places, because when I look, Hotels.com actually had the Swan and Dolphin, you know, not hidden, but just known for really good prices. And you didn't even have to do an, uh, it was a refundable room. So, um, yeah, so you just really got to look, because in my mind, could I save $10 a night for the the non-refundable hidden room? Maybe, but you'd probably rather pay a couple extra bucks to have, you know, a refundable room and know exactly what you're signing up for. So I think you just got to check around. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. So that wraps up the, the third booking option. And the last one that we'll talk through a little bit is renting DVC points. Now, this is, this is where my bread and butter lies. This is your pride and joy. 
Yeah, this is something that I've been doing, I don't know, for the better part of almost a decade now is is renting through or staying and booking my room by renting DVC points. And for for those of you that haven't listened to maybe some of our other podcasts, DVC stands for Disney Vacation Club. Disney has allotted timeshares for several of the resorts that are on their property. And instead of booking directly through Disney, there has been a submarket of people that will rent out their timeshares at Disney properties if they're unable to use them. And you can find really great deals through renting DVC points. And we're not going to get into the specifics of how you rent DVC points. We'll save that for another time. But I do want to talk through what it looks like from a savings perspective by renting DVC points. I'll start off by saying a story. You know, I first came to the idea of renting DVC points through eBay. And it was one of those things that just evolved over time. We, um, this was, this was as a teenager, I, my, my family would go to Disney and more often than not, we would find the reservation off eBay. This is when eBay was first coming out and it was super popular. And, you know, I I bought a car off eBay too. So that just goes to show you what we (laughs) use eBay for. Yeah. But the vacations that we would book, we would find a week that would work and there would be this week at this resort and we would bid on an eBay and we'd save a lot of money, which by the way, you can still do. You can still find these things on eBay really? um, and take those chances as far as, you know, trying to get a, a great rate, setting a threshold of your bid amount. And it, that's a great way to, to find savings as well that we haven't mentioned. People would put these up on eBay. So that's how I came to, came to know of DVC rentals. And then, you know, as, times evolved and people caught on to what was going on. There was these sub businesses that were built where they're, they're pretty much just brokers of DVC points and they rent it out to people who have requests for rentals. And so now there's several different websites that you can go out to and, and request DVC rentals. But I'll, I, I want to take you through an example recently that, that I booked myself in the savings that I realized. So we're going to Disney in October of this year and I was determining whether or not to use book directly through Disney by Mm -hmm. going through their website and and using the gift cards because at the time they were offering the free dining plan promotion. So I thought, okay, if I can get the dining plan for free, it might be worth booking through Disney and using gift cards. So I I booked all of that or not. I didn't book it. I, I, I came up with a, itinerary and kind of put all the items in my cart to see how much it would be um, to get a kind of baseline of what the price would be. And then I started putting together uh, the same information through renting DVC points. Mm -hmm. And even without getting the free dining plan, I was still nearly a thousand dollars cheaper by renting DVC points. And And here's the interesting thing about that is when you rent DVC points, you're not getting anything. Disney doesn't look at you any differently as they would the, the actual timeshare owner. They mm-hmm. don't know whether or not you are the timeshare owner or whether you're a guest of the time. Like they don't know any of that. Right. So you are treated the same regardless. So when you have the ability to say at all these different resorts at a fraction of the cost, mm-hmm. sometimes 50, 60, 70% of the cost that you'll see at the Disney website. 
Right. Which is very substantial savings. Now, the drawback there is you, you don't get to use Disney gift cards. You're most, for the most part, dealing with individual people that mm-hmm. are selling you this. So think almost like a, like a one-on-one transaction. They right. book it for you. You pay them. And then your reservation set. So, so the disadvantages there, obviously, no, no Disney gift cards there. Also, the, there's essentially no cancellation policy. Right. The way the DVC policies are written, that once a reservation is booked, it's booked, and that person is set in stone to go there. And if they do have to modify the reservation, the ability to use the timeshare becomes very limited for them. Right. So in the, in the subculture that's created around vacation club rentals, canceling or modifying reservations is very much frowned upon. Right. So you kind of have to know what your vacation plans are going to be walking into it. But the cool thing about booking Disney vacation club rentals, aside from the savings itself is you still have the ability to book the dining plan Now you have to pay for it just like any other guest would. But Mm -hmm. even when the free dining plan is offered to resort guests booking directly through Disney or with a travel agent, by paying for the dining plan and renting DVC points, you still come out cheaper than you would booking directly through Disney. Yeah. And so it has become my tried and true. Every time that we go, I first exhaust all options when it comes to renting DVC points to, right. the, to the point where I, I don't really look at any other options. I just, I just try to make DVC work as best as I can. Right. Yeah, Griffin, have you ever rented DVC points at all? No, I've just lived vicariously through you a couple of times when it comes to reading DVCs. Like I said, our our most our trip that's coming up is shorter, so we we didn't go that route. But um, no, I mean I think I've I've ran the numbers, and what you're saying is is clearly true. And it's just it's just taking the time to get on there and 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 make it happen. So yeah, it, it's something I'm definitely going to do in the future, um, and I'll hopefully do on my next big family trip. Are you? Were you having to do this at the eleven month mark or seven month mark? What where do our listeners need to make sure they're they're in by as far as making this happen? I know there's two different cutoffs. Yeah. So the further out that you can make these reservations, once you know that you're gonna plan the trip and you're gonna book it and, and you're kinda locked into your dates, the eleventh month window is is your first window that you meet and that gives you the most options yeah. to book at a resort. Everybody has the ability to book a reservation at any DVC points if you're a DVC owner at the seven-month mark. And so let me, let me give you an example. When you're a Disney Vacation Club member, you have what they call a home resort. And that, that is your, where your ownership lies. And because Disney has several different properties, you can choose, pick and choose, which resort is your home resort. And mm-hmm. I'll just say that your home resort is Old Key West. Well, at Old Key West, you have the ability to make any reservation 11 months in advance. Right. That gives you a booking window before anybody else can book at Old Key West. So it's, it's, you get first dibs, essentially. Now, right. at the seven-month mark, and, and when we say 7 and 11 months, we mean from your trip date. And right. so whatever your trip date is, back up seven months, that's the booking window that we're talking about, or back up 11 months, and, that, and, and that's the booking window that we're talking about. And so at the seven-month mark, if my home resort is Old Key West, I can book at any other DVC property. And so that seven-month mark, everything becomes available to me. Right. 
And so those, those are the two dates to keep in mind. So yeah, it's, it's best to know your travel plans pretty, right. pretty far well in advance in order to take advantage of those. Now I, I will say that to, to book a trip a month in advance, your resort options are going to be limited and mm-hmm. you may not get a resort that you want or a size room that you want, but there, there at times is availability to do that. I will say though, that, I, I kind of just mentioned in passing that another advantage of booking through DVC is the ability to kind of select a room size. So mm-hmm. for families, for families like yours, Griffin, that, you know, you have a larger family than most. Right. DVC by renting DVC points, it's going to give you the ability to have maybe a two bedroom villa or a three bedroom villa. If you need all that space yeah. without having to break the bank, like you would if you were booking through Disney. Right. That, that room rack rate is, is outrageous. Those type of rooms, right? The one bedroom suites, the two bedroom suites. Oh are, yeah. Are I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, at least a thousand dollars a night. And then at right. some resorts, you know, several thousand dollars a night. Right. And, and by comparison, by renting those DVC points, you're talking about half the price. Right. Right. And, and maybe we haven't said this, but those DVC rooms that exist, like at some point, Disney can put the, those on their website to sell you. But that does not mean you're renting DVC. That just means they held back some rooms that they're selling to you at rack rate. Is that so that's completely different than what you're talking about? Correct. This this booking this way requires a little bit of extra legwork. It requires a little bit of extra planning. So there's some disadvantages there. So extra planning it's going to take a little bit of just research. It's going to take a little bit more of kind of locking in your vacation dates. So there are some disadvantages to this. The advantages though, in my opinion, and the reason why that I book continually uh, my Disney travel by renting DVC points is just the savings alone. When, yeah. when you're talking about saving 50, 60, 70% off listed prices on Disney's website, it really can't be beat. There's no, there's no more affordable way to do Disney than renting DVC points, in my opinion. Yep. That, that means you can go more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Griffin, I think that, uh, that hits all of our highlights. Did we leave anything out? No. That's, that's all we got for this week, I think. Sounds good. If any of you that are listening to us want to interact with us or send us messages or just say hello, visit our Facebook page at Master the Mouse. Just on your Facebook profile up there in that search engine, just type Master the Mouse. Click that like button that you see once you get to our page and shoot us a message or post on our wall. We'll interact with you and we'd love to at some point do a, a Q&A episode where we just take all of your guys' questions and answer them to the best of our ability. So if you've got questions about when you should book or what resort you want to stay at, or, Hey, I'm new to DVC. Can you answer this question for me? We'll answer you on Facebook and send you a message, but we'll also talk about it here on this podcast and give a little bit of perspective as well. So slide on over to our Facebook page at master the mouse and give us a shout. And we do have Twitter page that we talked to earlier. What's that Twitter handle? Yes, Master the Mouse podcast. If you just search that, you will find us. Come check us out. We're going to be posting a variety of uh, thoughts on Disney news, give you podcast updates. We're also going to put some polls out so you guys can kind of participate with us on our uh, overrated, underrated questions. So we'd love to interact with you there as well. That sounds great. Well, on behalf of Master the Mouse and Griffin, I'm Aaron. And see you real soon. See you guys.